Good morning, and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, September the 29th, 2022, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, page 31, the second paragraph. Here are some of the methods. Today's readers are the 12 steps. Jen P, 12 Traditions, Nancy R, and Readers of the Text, Nancy R, Jen A, and Reva P. The share ID for Wednesday, September the 28th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19461, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19462. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Jen P. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Grateful to read these beautiful steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Jen P. And Nancy R., would you please read the 12 traditions? Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn. 
Yes, I am Nancy R., a compulsive overeater in New York. So happy to be with you, and good morning, everyone. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you so much. I'm grateful to do this wonderful service. And, um... I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank you so much for letting me do this. And I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sorry. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter more about alcoholism. Page 31, the second paragraph. Here are some of the methods ending with, we could increase the the list ad infinitum. Nancy R., could you read for us, please? Good morning. Um, This is Nancy R., a recovered compulsive overeater from 
Northwest Illinois. Here are some of the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, soaring off forever, with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylum. We could increase the list and ad infinitum. So I can um, definitely relate to this paragraph. Um, I have tried so many methods to control my eating and enjoy it. Um, all sorts of diets, um, all sorts of making promises to myself and to other people, trying to, you know, do the buddy system, um, taking classes. Uh, so I remember very vividly um, a bottom I had before I was introduced to OA and um, I was uh, really lost in the food and depressed. And so I went to one of the, um, I guess, pay in ways uh, uh, that was in my neighborhood. And I knew going in that it was, I wasn't going to do it. But I went and I listened. And the whole time I was there, I'm like, you know, you can give this lady all your money, but you're not going to do this. You can't. You know, like I was hopeless. I was absolutely hopeless. And I didn't know there was a solution. And so I was like, maybe I should try this again, knowing all the time that, like I said, I could give this lady all my money and, um, you know, take this packaged food home. But there's no way I was going to continue. I was going to do it. Um, and that hopelessness is just devastating. And um, I listened and I listened and then she brought me in this other room and she showed me the packaged food and I looked at the little, the little boxes and I was like, there's no way you, like, there's not, don't even give her your money. Like there's no hope. So I told her that I wasn't interested and I left and I cried and in the same parking lot was a fast food place. And I went and got some of my favorite binge foods. And I binged on them. And I cried. And I went home. And I was hopeless. And I'm so grateful that I was introduced to the solution. Um, after that, I was given away. I remember when I went to Overeaters Anonymous for the first time, I I went for a few weeks. I did nothing but go to meetings and listen and share. And um, I had uh, some honeymoon um, uh, release from the food. And then uh, my compulsion came back and I was in the food. And a therapist had recommended that I go to OA. And so I went back to him and I said, well, that didn't work. Like, check that one off along with all the others. That, that didn't work. What else you got? And he was like, go back to Overeaters Anonymous. And so I did because I trusted him. And um, 
I am so grateful because uh, this big book and these steps and doing this work is my solution. And um, I am grateful to be abstinent and free from this craziness today. And I'll pass with that. Thank you, Nancy R. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Jackie B. Janet B. Linda D. Linda D. Reva P. Okay, let me tell you who I... Uh, Okay, I heard Jackie B, Janet B, Linda D, Reva P, and Claire from the UK. Who did I miss, please? Nancy P. Okay, there's our lineup. We have Jackie B, Janet B, Linda D, Reva P, Claire from the UK, and Nancy P. Jackie B, could you start us off, please? Hi, this is Jackie B from the Bronx. Thank you so much. Thank you for this reading. Thank you, everybody who does service, and thank you for the uh, reader. Um, for me, you know, this to this day, 30 years in this program and six years uh, abstinent, and I know full well that, you know, it's just one day at a time. Some days it's one minute at a time. But I remember making all these different, um, you know, de- you know, decisions based on, well, if I can have yogurt, you know, frozen yogurt, then guess what? I'll have it once a week. So what is my once a week? Saturday and Sunday, because Sunday started a new week. You know, everything. Or, you know, I can have th- this food. I'll have it in one ounce. Then one ounce turned into two ounces to two cups. You know, or I, I'll have it, it when the moon and the sun is in a different solar system. It didn't matter. Whatever I rationalize, any type of food or behavior that will trigger the obsession and compulsion, it's not recovery. That means something in my life is not correct. That I am either avoiding or denying something. So that's why I have to work these steps every single day. You know, even the days I don't want to, I have to. That's if I want to be sane for one more second, one more minute of my day. And that's what the 12 steps in the big book tells me, that there is a solution as long as I'm willing. You know, even when I wake up in the morning, I may not write a formal gratitude list, but you better believe the third step is in my prayer the first thing in the morning and asking God to help me face the day, whatever comes up. Because you know what? I'm not God. And that's the new thing that, not new thing, that is the thing I've come to realize. And that I can't carry the weight of the world. If I did, 
then I would be the world in the Guinness Book world the record of the most biggest woman you ever saw in your life. Um, today I'm not. Today I have to accept Jackie on life's terms, and I have to work the steps. I have to work recovery, and I have to be out of myself. You know, today there's a stranger to, that I say good morning to every morning. I don't know him, but I went to the coffee truck, and he offered me a cup of coffee to buy me a cup of coffee. And when I saw that, and when I felt that, I said, thank you. Um, and when he said that to me, I said, wow, God, you're here. Just for a fact that a stranger who knows me from nobody except the lady that says good morning to him in the morning bought me a cup of coffee. I'm- that is, thank you. And that's the miracle of this program, is to be able to see those gems. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jackie B. Janet B., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Janet. Hey, good morning. It's Janet B., recovered compulsive eater in New Jersey. Well, of course, I can relate to a lot of things here. I think of like this reading inspirational books, and I remember reading inspirational books, things to help me recover as I was binging. You know, I mean, reading alone didn't work. And I was just thinking of a few things of my own that weren't quite on this list, methods I've tried. One of them was the famous pillow cure, thinking I'll binge as much as I want now and I'll start tomorrow. Like eight hours with my head on this magic pillow was somehow going to make me a new person with power I didn't have before. Well, the magic pillow did not work. Um, Another thing I tried was like just going to meetings, right? They say like, don't eat and go to meetings. So I went to meetings, but I still kept eating. And, but of course, right? It was like if I were a diabetic, going to a Diabetics Anonymous meeting, it would be great to know I wasn't the only diabetic on the planet. But if I wasn't injecting insulin, I couldn't expect to get one bit better. And that was me for my first six or seven years in OA. Went to meetings regularly and didn't get one bit better because I wasn't injecting the insulin, so to speak. And I think a third method I tried that didn't work was prayer by itself, because I was praying incorrectly. I was doing a form of begging, like, God, please remove this, please remove this, please help me stop eating. Um, But basically what that was doing, it was me treating God like Santa Claus or a genie in the bottle, Right, God, come out of this bottle or this magic lamp, remove my food obsession, and then go back in your magic lamp so I can keep living my life the way I want. And it didn't work. The only way that prayer ever worked for me was the prayer of surrender, which basically went like this. Like, okay, God, I've made a total train wreck of my life. I'm giving it all to you, my food, my relationships, my job how I deal with people, my commitment to honesty, right? Because God, if I'm not honest, it's like I'm taking a big black magic marker and writing the words, keep out God across my heart. Doesn't matter how much I pray. If I'm not honest, he won't come in. But when I surrendered everything to him, I kid you not, it was like a hand reached into my soul and yanked out the obsession. Because our problem is lack of power, right? That's what our book tells us in the the next chapter we're going to read, lack of power. So my solution is to tap into a power greater than myself, to have God himself protect me 
And he only does that when I do a prayer of surrender and live it out through self-sacrifice for the welfare of others. And those are the methods. That's the method I've found that really worked. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Welcome, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D., and I'm, darn it, I'm recovered, but I'm not cured, so I'm here at the meeting because I don't want to do this alone. I can't do this alone. Um, Well, what can't I do? I can't do anything alone. I have to have God right in my heart which is where God is. Who knew? I didn't even know God was real. Um, I found all of that out here through these steps. I wanted to, um, the line before this is, I wanted to, to um, what does it say? To drink like other people so I'd be good enough. I didn't know I was already born good enough. I was, I've been born good enough my entire life. And I lived more than half of my life thinking I was a piece of crap. So my task is to shut up and listen inside to God, which is where God is. If I have the gift of life, which I've been given today, because I can wiggle my hand so I know I've got that gift, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to surrender it. I have no idea. I spend a lot of time being bewildered, and that's a good place to be because it means I've got to listen and do stuff, most of which I don't want to do, but once I get started, I'm okay because I'm scared. Scared is a good place to be because without God, I have nothing. And with God, I have a life second to none, and I have to work for it, meaning surrender. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Claire E. Please go ahead, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. You know, when I listen to the methods, I remember when I first came into program, it was really helpful to hear that I wasn't the only one who did what I later learned were crazy, unproductive, supposed methods to control and manage my food. Um, And it was great to identify in with the things I had done. And it was great to realize that if I hadn't done certain things, I needed to add the word yet. Um, But yeah, it was crazy because I didn't know any better. Um, And I looked up the word method, and it actually means systematic procedure to achieve an outcome. And, you know, now I can say those were totally not systematic and not productive because all those methods I tried were targeting the symptoms. They were targeting the food. They were not targeting the cause, which was my crazy thinking, my spiritual malady. Um, They weren't getting to the root of the problem. Um, And I love how it says, Uh, taking a trip, not taking a trip, because, you know, I used to blame circumstances. It was the job. It wasn't, if I had a job, it was a problem. If I didn't have the job, it was a problem. If I had a relationship, those were all externals and I was missing the point. Um, And I'm so grateful that this program educated me 
and taught me, you know, what is the nature of my problem, the physical allergy, the mental twist, and that the solution has nothing to do with the superficial food. It has to do with accessing this power and the food and all those crazies in my head block me from that power. Um, so I'm so grateful that I now know, um, and you know, I can do this stuff in program too, start getting in my head and trying methods or other books or other things. And yes, outside resources can be helpful, but I have to remember the method, the systematic procedure for recovery is outlined in this book. And if I follow the steps, I get unblocked and I access the power, which is the source and, um, and, and the, the, the real solution for me. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Reva B. Claire E., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Claire. Hi, everybody. My name's Claire E. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic living in the UK. Thank you so much for the meeting and for the shares before. It's been really helpful to hear. And, um, you know, down the side of my book, I've got all the methods I tried, and there was many of them. But I think, you know, what I'm sort of... My, my train of thought this morning reading this paragraph is, you know, it wasn't just the methods I tried to control and enjoy my eating. It was the methods I tried to control and enjoy my life. You know, my emotions, my recovery, I've done, I've done it in a way as well. Um, and, you know, I think the problem with all these methods, you know, and I, I, I've some examples, you know, if you're, if you're new to OA, my methods, you know, I was eating really slowly, putting off the time I started. I also have an extensive self-help library going on retreats going on juice detoxes, going to treatment centers, um, you know, going on yoga retreats, taking time off work. You know, there's so many times, so many of these things I tried. Um, and then in a way, you know, sort of changing sponsor, getting a different food plan, you know, sort of going to different meetings, uh, going to more meetings, going to less meetings, taking on more sponsors. You know, these are all things I've tried to control the rate of my recovery, the food, um, you know, the, the, my emotions, my, my life, trying to just manage the unmanageable and feel like I'm in control. And, and for me, you know, what's really striking me is, is the problem with all of these things is that I'm in charge. You know, it's like I'm trying to figure out the solution to my problem. And, you know, anything that I'm trying to figure out and, and that I'm in charge, it's completely the opposite to what this program's about, because this program is all about you know, getting out of the way, you know, it's, the, most situations will be helped by a bit less Claire. And, you know, all of this is about allowing a power greater than me to be in control. And, um, you know, the, the way I started that was, you know, to obviously to, to use the method of the steps, you know, and that's that's what I continue to do. Um, but but more importantly, I think really is to, to get out of the way and stop trying to figure it all out and stop trying to be in control and manage the unmanageable. Um, because that's my problem. That's my problem. Too much self, too much me. Um, and I will leave it there. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Claire E. Nancy P., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Nancy. Thank you so much um, for letting me share. This is Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I love this paragraph. My favorite one that they say is swearing off forever with and without a solemn oath, like that's going to help. And, you know, for me, I can just say it's really exhausting to be an active compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, an untreated active compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. And, you know, everybody's been talking over the past few days about, um, you know, controlling things and 
trying to, you know, get, have these um, ways that we, you know, sneaky, for me, sneaky, conniving ways. And, you know, nothing, you know, the book tells me that nothing mechanical or outer is going to work. <clears throat> and some of the methods that I tried, not just to jump on the bandwagon, you know, they were sort of all jumbled together. You know, eat this, don't eat that. Eat that, don't eat this. Weigh and measure, don't weigh and measure. Eat sugar, don't eat sugar. Different meetings, more meetings, fewer meetings. And my own personal favorite was to get an additional sponsor than the one that I've had for, you know, 38 years. The meaner, the better. The kind that would dump me after a horrible lecture if I coughed instead of sneezed. And, you know, that stuff was only the physical stuff that I did. I was also constantly thinking about eating, about being hungry, about wanting to eat, about not wanting to eat, how to get food, hide it, sneak it, not get caught, and explain that if I did get caught. Um, you know, that stuff is just tiring. And, you know, one time I was at a bar mitzvah, my cousin's um, little boy, son, now 40, <laughs> you know, was at the bar mitzvah and I picked up a piece of pastry and my husband was there and being an engineer, he asked me in bafflement, well, isn't that full of sugar and flour? You know, everything with him is either, you know, a zero or a one. Surely if it was full of sugar and flour, logic dictated that I wouldn't eat it. And I just gave him a, you know, a mumble, mumble, mumble kind of an answer. And I mean, I was tired. But on the other hand, just the thought, just the thought, just thinking about not eating, stopping, sent me back to the couch and to burrow in with more food in hand than ever. And unfortunately, sometimes my body would be the right size because I would, you know, say, what worked in the beginning? I'm going to go to a billion meetings, you know, the more meetings, fewer meetings. You know, I, I, sometimes these things would work for, you know, a few minutes, a little while. But I was never free of that awful thinking. And so this program tells me that not only do I have to put down the food, but I have to have a death of self, you know. And there's only one thing that worked for me. And I spent all the years from 1971 to 2017 trying everything that didn't work. And it, guess what? It never worked, ever once, even for a minute. But when I tried what did work, it really worked. And it worked better than a charm. It was and it has never, you know, it was the best thing ever. It has never, ever not worked. Only one thing. And we all know what it is because it's me. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And the best thing about that is that the thinking isn't softer. It isn't occasional. It's gone. It doesn't exist for me anymore. Surrender works. It's the only thing, first, last, and always. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. For those of us some of the methods. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience. Hey, this is Charles H. To every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to hear, share? And share. I heard, and I heard Carl, Carl. Carl. This is Charles H. Charles H. Maria P. Maria P. Maria P. Let me tell you who I heard, please, and we'll go from there. Charles H., Russ M., Dorita P. Who did I miss? Christina L. 
I heard Christina. I heard Adrian V. Okay, I, great. Read I've got on. our lineup. Thank you. And whoever I missed, I'm sorry. I'll try and pick you up the next time. I've got Charles H., Russ M., Dorita P., Christina, Daryl L., Adrian, and Rita. Charles, could you start us off, please? Hey, thank you very much for your service. I'm Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. So based on the shares and the, so the paragraph selected, you know, I went back to the doctor's opinion where it talks about, I personally know uh, so much methods that failed. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the problem. Like the methods that I tried, they failed. And we know the thesis statement in the book, lack of power is our dilemma. So we had to find a power greater than ourselves, which could um, restore me to sanity. So I have to realize and stop faking perfection like I got it like that. Like I'm in this program because I'm selfish. I'm self-centered and egotistical. And the steps will allow me to get right-sized in this world. Like, I got to stop fronting and acting like everything. I got to stop acting like so recovered that it's white picket fences and unicorns and, and everything is great. Like, you know, when the food is down, everything else is up. Stop fronting, Charles. Like, tell people the real deal. Don't, don't tell me what to do. Show me what you did. You did 10 steps. You, you surrendered to something greater than yourself. Stop acting like the source. You're just a resource based on the source, based on the power that you're getting. Give it away to people, right? Detach with love. Have a certain amount of apathy. Don't take things personal, and you will get access to a power. This program works for people that, that need a higher power, that don't think they're the higher power, right? This program will work. Don't be preachy. Don't be teachy, right? You know, the more I learn, the less I know. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Dorita P. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. So, I saw them both squaring off. Oh, my gosh, I saw I, I saw identify with this. And uh, I just think of being a financially insecure person that I am, I think in all the loot that I spent over the years, you know, oh, man, uh, 30 days, you're going to lose 40 pounds. Oh, this supplement burns fat. Well, if you do this workout three times a week, you could eat whatever you want. All that BS, right? We all tried everything. Every one of us tried everything. And um, it's just a futile effort, man, because we're sick. I'm sick. I'm crazy. I'm buck walk crazy. I'm a junkie. I can't think straight when it comes to life, not just food, but to life. I, I can't function right. And until I, you know, until I was beat up, you know, Nancy said surrender is the thing, man. You know, that humility thing, you got to get, I had to get humiliated, get beat up, get crushed. And I just put, I put my, my hand out and somebody helped me. You know, the good Lord straightened me up. It was a lot of work. And, you know, Charles is right. I front, like, life is so beautiful. Everything else is up. How do you do it without a power greater than yourself? How do you do it without God in your life? 
to be saying useful, help someone out, to really truly love somebody and not be self-centered in fear and, and uh, still steamroll people out of the feed or out of your addictive uh, substance. This, this life ain't no joke. It kicked me in the face, man. I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, I got, I'm already not that great looking. So, you know, I got to conserve my looks and life ain't, ain't agreeing with me. But at least I have this beautiful program to live a semblance of a sane life, to be able to take care of my family, to be useful to others, and especially, especially be close to God and to help somebody, to help somebody, to give it away. I owe. I owe. So you all have a good day. I love you very much. I pass. Thank you, Russ M. Dorita P., it's your turn, followed by Christina. Welcome, Dorita. Dorita. Hi, thank you so much for your service. Can I be heard? Yes, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. My name is Dorita Pippen, and I'm uh, powerless over food. I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, so I'm really, really grateful I have a seat here. Um, yeah, the methods we've tried. Um, I'd just like to share some recent some recent methods I've tried. Um, uh, like I said, I'm just really, really grateful to be here and to hear the previous shares. Um, yeah, um, you know, the, one of the methods I've tried was doing it by myself, um, and that does not work. So I heard a lady share about the methods she she tried after coming here, like getting a sponsor, getting a new sponsor, getting a different food plan. Um, so yeah, I, I've tried to work the program by myself and it just doesn't work. And then another person talked about surrender and, and it's about surrender. You know, that's all it's about. And I'm just recently, 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 recently learning that. Surrender. You know, it's not about Dorita. You know, Dorita cannot take care of the world. You know, she tries, you know, she tries her damnedest, but uh, she can't do that, you know. So I'm just grateful to be here and to know that I am still powerless over food and that'll never, ever, ever go away. You know, in the book, it talks about once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You know, uh, it never gets better. It always gets worse. And, uh, but that's, um, you know, that's the disease. That's the disease that tells me that I can do it by myself. I don't need anybody, you know, so-and-so pissed you off, so to hell with them. That's what the disease tells me to do or not to do. So I'm just really grateful to be here, and I will keep coming back. Thank you uh, for sharing, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Dorita. Christina, it's your turn, followed by Dara L. And Christina, could we have the initial of your last name, please? Good morning, <clears throat> Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. So if you're out there and you're in the food and you're like hearing all this stuff, surrender, can't do it by myself, um, getting up on the podium about being recovered and all this, you know, uh, and you don't understand any of it, you just got to keep listening, get a sponsor and start going. Because when I was out in the food, trying all the different methods, and I didn't think I was trying anything. 
I was just driven by the compulsion to stuff my face and to rid myself of the emotions. I had no idea to connect the dots of the steps and the tools. I didn't know what they all meant. But the keys to the kingdom, baby, are in the steps and the tools. The keys to freedom of your soul, of your mind. The keys to stay free are in the steps and the tools. This is all I got. I've tried everything listed and more. My biggest trying was spiritual retreats, you know, and I didn't know I was trying to rid myself of emotional buildup. I had no idea that was the really driving force of my dis-ease in life. I had no idea. I just knew that the food was the answer to everything. If I was in pain, it was the food. Emotionally, physically, or spiritually, I could make myself feel better if I just ate. I had no idea that I was just making the problem worse. If you're out there in the food, struggling, not knowing what this is all about, this is the place. This is the keys to the kingdom of freedom for you. Get in here and get going because you don't have to suffer anymore. And I'm telling you, when Nancy R. shared this morning, I cried because I knew. I know those feelings of feeling going to a diet program, having a little skinny young girl get me on the scale when I'm sitting there gross and obese and embarrassed and ashamed. Oh, you can get this. It's no problem. You just eat these little bits of food. And no, no, no offense against her. She's just doing her job. But I knew it wasn't going to work. But I didn't know about this big book and the secrets in it. And the opening of my soul that would happen as I took these steps and rid myself of deep, deep dis-ease, discomfort of my soul, of all the things I stuffed down, the shame, the embarrassment, the so-called sins I did in my life that I wanted no one to ever find out about. I was young and dumb. Now I'm smart. Hopefully, with God's grace, I'm smart. And I don't let this disease isolate me because I'm in pain. I reach out. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm reaching out. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Dara L., it's your turn, followed by Adrian. Good morning, Dara. Uh, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, I could certainly talk about the methods I've tried um, ad nauseum, and I'm smiling, like I'm just laughing, you know, this this morning thinking about what a crazy person I was, um, and still am, you know, <laughs> still am. Um, but what occurred to me in the reading this morning is just like how resourceful and innovative and um, committed and diligent addicts are. You know, I mean, I know we talk a lot about sickness. And um, and in my experience, you know, all of the things that were my biggest liabilities in active addiction, God somehow has used and transformed into my greatest assets in recovery, you know, because I tried a lot of things. I was very diligent about the practice of my disease, you know, and I, I always think it's funny, the part in the big book that talks about, like, are you willing to go to any length? Because I've got to tell you, recovery is so much easier than active addiction, at least in my experience, because it was hard. It was hard to construct a life that where I was ping-ponging from trying one thing to the next thing to the next thing, always feeling like a failure, always feeling ineffective, hating myself, never being able to keep a promise to myself or anyone else 
regarding food, even though I meant every promise I ever made. Like I would look you straight in the eyes and swear that solemn oath and I would believe it. If you hooked me up to a lie detector, I would believe that I am never, ever, ever going to binge and purge again, not after that last demoralization. No way. No how. I'm going to give my credit card to my mom. I'm going to, you know, like whatever, whatever I tried, I'm going to check myself into an institution, all that jazz. And like, and then I would be back in it, you know, like I, I don't, I really don't believe that any of us are here because we're morally bankrupt. I believe we're here because we're spiritually broken. That connection with a power greater than ourselves is severed, right? And I need to put down the food in order to reestablish that. Um, But once I do, you know, yeah, life isn't easy. It's not, you know, all sunshine and roses. But what it is, like with the animating power of God, is that I get to all the worst things about me get to become useful. And that's incredible. Like, I don't know how to do that. Um, but God does, you know, this, this stuff works. And that's just been my experience, you know, that like the methods help me to be willing to see that in and of myself, I'm just going to make my life worse and I'm going to make things more painful for everyone around me. But with an animating force of love, right? Like all of those all of those things get to be useful and helpful and light me up. And, you know, I still struggle with some of my character. You know, I mean, I struggle every day because I'm a sort of mission-driven type A personality and I make a lot of problems for myself with that. But, you know, like it's also helped me to sponsor. It's also helped me to like really be diligent in my recovery. So, yeah, like I'm just going to keep coming back and watch the miracles unfold. And thank you all so much for being here and I'll pass. Thank you, Dara L. Adrian, it's now your turn, followed by Rita. And could we have the initial of your last name, please, Adrian? Hi, I'm Adrian B. Um, I'm on the phone list under a different name because I'm a trans person, so I just wanted to uh, say that. Um, anyway, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I've, I've tried so many ways to manage the food. Um, I'm still not managing well. Um, I'm still binging. I'm still on again, off again. Um, I think God is, I don't think God's getting tired of me, but I think he's, I think he's sad about it. Um, I'm sad about it and uh, I just know like I've tried so many ways like I've I've tried to go to hospitals and kind of get help for food via psych psych emergency uh, care units and um, I've tried reading spiritual books. I've tried listening to spiritual teachers. Um, I've I've tried something I thought was going to really help was um, I took on a religion and started to listen to uh, sermons about that religion. And um, even though the sermons are helpful or inspiring sometimes, they don't stop me from being an addict. Like, 
there's nothing in my life that's more persistent than this addiction. Um, there's nothing in my life that's a stronger force right now. Um, there's nothing in my life that talks to me more. And um, I really, I really hope one day I can join the ranks of all those who have recovered. Um, it's just really hard right now, and it gets harder and harder over time. So the uh, excuses just pile up, and the reasons just pile up, and the methods to pile up as well. So anyway, I'm, I'm uh, whispering a prayer for all of you and for uh, for recovery itself. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian B. And Rita, it's your turn. And Rita, could we please have the initial of your last name? Yes, it's Rita R. from Massachusetts. Thank you for um, hearing me, and thanks for all of the beautiful shares this morning. Um, I, as I listened to the reading this morning and all the shares, um, you know, the biggest thing that uh, came out that I took from it is that, um, yes, I have tried so many methods. Um, Have I tried all of those? Not yet. And therein lies my... um, uh, my a, a struggle uh, with with food is still believing that I or still having that desire to control my eating and believing that I can. Um, I had a recent relapse about a week ago, and by the grace of God and uh, mercy, or my higher power's mercy, um, you know, I um, I'm abstinent. Uh, did some reading on step one and step two. And the question that I really had to look at is how can, you know, such people who are high bottoms, who haven't lost everything yet, yet, how can they recover? And I really looked at, you know, is my life manageable? No. My inner world has been and continues to be plagued by fear, doubt, insecurity, depression, anxiety, under-earning, codependency, isolation, debt, and a fear of intimacy. I believe that my disease is okay with just keeping me here, you know? But I'm not. Um you know, I was really defiant in my um, in my relapse. You know, um, I lacked humility, and how do I let go of that humility um, by taking step one? And a lot of times, that's just doing, um, doing the program, and also um, in isolation, the the beliefs that I can do it. Um, that I'm such and such or whatever, they're all lies. So that's why I'm speaking up today. And I guess I just wanted to share that experience or that, you know, that um, 
that thought that, you know, that, okay, so I'm, I'm not, I haven't hit the, the lowest bottoms, you know, I'm not homeless, et cetera, um, or, you know, uh, in the hospital with um, multiple chronic illnesses or whatever this disease will bring me to, but it is happy with me just being all of those, um, you know, not, with me not being happy, joyous, and free, um, and still in bondage. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rita R. Thank you to everyone shared. And thank you to our tremendous team Thursday, Jen P, Nancy R, Nancy R, Jen A, Reva P, Colleen M, and Chris G for their service for the month of September. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, September the 27th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19464. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Jen A., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. My pleasure, Lynn. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.